This Cap Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Learn more at exactsciences.com. Holding a campaign rally during a pandemic is a bit of a challenge. But nevertheless, Elizabeth Warren persisted on the trail in Wisconsin for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. The Massachusetts senator and former presidential candidate held a drive-in rally in Madison on Saturday where speeches were given through masks and applause was replaced with honking car horns. I'm Jesse O'Poyan, and this is Wedge Issues, a Cap Times podcast about government and politics in Wisconsin. Cap Times political reporter Brianna Riley and I sat down with Senator Warren for a few minutes after her rally to talk about what's at stake from her perspective in the 2020 election. Now, because we did our interview outdoors in masks and it was super windy on Saturday, the sound quality can be a little rough at times, but I hope you'll bear with us because it's a really great conversation. Unfamiliar with Madison. You, you were in Madison two years ago, of course, promoting Senator Baldwin's re-election, and you've been in Madison multiple times, um, and, and Wisconsin more broadly. Um, you know, I used to come to Madison long before I ever got into politics. Really? Oh, yes! I remember, I used to be a college professor. <laughs> so I've given papers, I've come to conventions here, and conferences, uh, so I feel like I know Madison. I know it well enough to love it. Yeah, two years ago, your, your big message um, in, in your speech at Madison's Menonis Harris was healthcare is so important. Yes. What is, with this time around in an election cycle that's so crucial, what is at stake here? What's your overarching message and why does Wisconsin matter? So, you know, it's clearer now more than ever how important healthcare is and how broad the need is. Uh, We're in the middle of a pandemic that has been made so much worse because Donald Trump is incompetent and basically seems to have no human empathy. Uh, So we're eight months in and still uh, he and his administration have no plan. No plan on how to get adequate tests and gear to people, no plan for how to deal with this crisis. Um, At the same time, the underlying issues of healthcare have only gotten more intense. Donald Trump and the Republicans tried to repeal the Affordable Care Act, which would have taken away healthcare from tens of millions of people and taken away protection for people with pre-existing conditions. They failed by a single vote in the Senate. And when that failed, they went to the courts again to try to get it repealed. So they're trying to steal a Supreme Court seat and shove that through right now before an election so that when the Supreme Court hears the case on the Affordable Care Act, 
a week after the election. Uh, he believes now he'll have the swing vote to have the ACA declared unconstitutional. In this election, it is literally the case that lives are on the line. Your campaign was one of the few when you were running for president that actually set up shop here in Madison, which makes sense, I guess, given your connections. But um, I wonder what you think resonated about your candidacy in the Midwest and how you see that coming through in, in the Biden years campaign. You know, I think that when you put people first, it matters. But when you back that up with real plans, child care, student loan debt, increasing social security, it matters even more. Candace also resonated uh, a lot with progressive women, um, you know, from nevertheless she persisted to um, the way that you tore into Mike Bloomberg on the debate stage. Uh, it's obviously exciting for women to have a, a woman on the ticket, but what would you say to the women who were so excited about the potential of putting a woman in the White House in 2020? I'm sorry that I couldn't pull it across the finish line. Uh, I'm all in for Joe and Kamala. We're going to get this done. It's just going to take longer than I thought. Um, Senator Sanders in 2016 won the Democratic presidential primary here. Um, and, you know, in our esteemed Marquette University Law School poll in the months before, he was also one of the top leaders. Um, you yourself are, are recognized as a very progressive figure, obviously, among the Democratic Party. But some, some members of the party who are liberal wing have been a little bit reticent in recent months to maybe fully support Vice President Biden. What would you tell them, and why are, why are you on the trail for them? With Donald Trump in the White House and Republican control of the Senate, uh, more people are going to die. The planet could reach a tipping point uh, in the climate crisis. Uh, more, millions more, will fall into poverty. And there will be no racial reckoning. Uh, Joe Biden is committed on all of those issues to building a stronger, better America that works for all of us. That's the team I want to be part of and help make it work. Long before you were running for office in your, in your professorial days and, and in your early career, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau was your yes. creation. Yes, <laughs> baby, yes. And like so many other things under the Trump administration, it looks very, very different now. Um, what does the Biden administration need to do to make it uh, the watchdog that it was supposed to be? So here's the neat thing about the CFPB. Um, we built it to last. And uh, that little agency has been up and running for a decade now, 10 years. And uh, actually only nine years that it's been running. I first started setting it up 10 years ago. Um, and it has already forced big banks to return more than $12 billion directly to people they cheated. It's handled 2.2 million complaints. It's offered direct help to 22 million Americans. And it has proven government can work to the people. And here's the best part. Okay, so the Republicans sent in two, not one, but two directors in a row. 
and did their best with both Mulvaney and then followed up with Craninger to try to tear that agency apart. They've tried to repeal it. Every single Congress since the agency was passed into law, the Republicans have introduced <laughs> a bill to repeal it. And you know what? They failed. So the agency hasn't been as aggressive as it should be um, with Craninger in charge. But she hasn't been able to tear it apart. It's still there. The, the, the complaint hotline is still working. The, uh, the uh, investigation of the banks, not as strong as it should be, not as aggressive as it should be, but it's still there. And for me, it's a reminder. If you build it right, this is why structures matter. You get the right structure and you attract good people. You really can make government work and make it work even under the most adverse circumstances. Now, am I looking forward to having Joe Biden in and getting a new director for the agency? Yes, I definitely am. Uh, because there's a lot of work that needs to be done. But I feel good about that agency. I feel good about what it does and what it does for people. And I'm going to put in a quick commercial. <laughs> Anybody who feels like they've been cheated, whether it's a $10 charge on your credit card that shouldn't have been there, or uh, they won't return your deposit on a, uh, your deposit on trying to, uh, for a mortgage approval, whatever it is, you can file a complaint at cfpb.gov and people are actually getting the help they need. It's it's a watchdog that's still there. You talked about new leadership under the Biden administration. Uh -huh. Do you have you know someone in mind that you'd love to see leading it? And and more broadly speaking, when you think of the Biden administration, there's a lot of talk about you in a cabinet position. I mean, what do you see as the future of not just the CFPB, but yourself in potentially a position there? So I, I appreciate the question, but the truth is I have not thought about specific people in specific spots. Right now, we're 17 days out, and I am focused on November 3rd. we got to get everybody. Vote in person, vote early, uh, uh, show up on November 3rd if you haven't voted, get your friends out to vote. That's that's where I'm focused, 100%. Okay, well then we're going to jump to our lightning round because we can okay. squeeze in a few. Uh, on this podcast, we like to get to know people a little bit more personally. So I normally would ask what your favorite Wisconsin beer is, but if you can't name that, just a favorite beer. Michelob Ultra, the, the club soda of beers. <laughs> <laughs> it's reliable. It is. It is. What was Bailey's favorite campaign activity, and what is his favorite thing about having you back? Uh, eating burritos. <laughs> <laughs> and he loves having both of his peeps at home. Uh, so uh, we get out and walk him long walk every morning, every evening, and that's. That's Bailey time. The rest of the time, he just snoozes on the floor. All right. We'll give you one, one last one. You walk out to 9 to 5. Is that your favorite song, or is yes. there another song? That's I it? I love 9 to 5. <laughs> Although, I have to say, uh, as as much as I love Dolly Parton and 9 to 5, anything by Patsy Cline is also a two-thumbs-up. Solid choice. Thank you so much for Thank taking you. the time to this talk. Thank you. This was fun. Great, great this is fun. This is the first time I have done an event to cars. So. It's weird, right? But, yeah, it's... But you know, it sits my heart still likes to be. I'm coming home. Thank you for listening to Wedge Issues. Our theme music is Oh Wisconsin by Loxley. 
If you like what you heard, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you prefer to do your listening. If you can leave us a rating or a review, that would be great too. If you have feedback or suggestions for me, you can find me on Twitter at jessieopie, or you can email me at jopoyan at madison.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Once again, be sure to learn more at exactsciences.com.